is up? It's the rant. My name is Jeff Rackleman. It is Monday, August 23rd. Oh, boy. What a weekend, man. What a weekend. Had the first uh, of three home league drafts. I mean, I've done a lot of industry drafts, of course, but home league drafts, there's nothing like them. Home league drafts are the reason why I'm talking to you right now, the reason why this industry exists in the first place. There is nothing like them, and this was a darn good one. Shout out to everybody in my home league this past weekend. I hosted this bad boy, too. Great time was had by all. Great time was had by all. So uh, shout out to everybody who had a draft this past weekend as well, or, well, Saturday, the biggest fantasy football draft day of the year. Of course, we had a full slate of preseason action over the weekend. We still have one more game to go tonight, but I did want to run through some big observations uh, again, like we did last week, one key takeaway from all the games so far in uh, week two of the preseason, we're not going to mince any words, waste any time. Let's dive into San Francisco and the Chargers. I watched this game very closely because I already have Trey Lance in a couple leagues. I didn't get him in this game, this, this league over the weekend because uh, we have a rookie draft as well. It's a keeper league, but you uh, draft three rookies. You have the rights to those rookies when the draft rolls around. You don't have to keep them, but you can. You have the rights to them. Anyway, uh, Lance in this one got off to a slow start. Uh, The overreaction theater was (laughs) going wild on Twitter. And then he settled down, and he looked really stinking good. The the two-minute drill drive where he marched the team downfield, had a, a key scramble, had a couple throws that he dropped on a dime, and then, boom, the bolt, the lightning bolt to Mo Sanu. Then later on in the game, made a couple really good throws uh, and another touchdown drive. I know he's not the starter as of right now, but Trey Lance looking very good, and he's going to continue to be a late-round target for me. Uh, also, just let's just keep an eye on Josh Palmer <laughs> for the Chargers. Not drafting him just yet, uh, but let's keep an eye on him. Giants and Browns, not much here because there weren't a lot of uh, key players in this game. But don't go too crazy with Devontae Booker. He's still not a priority handcuff for me. I don't know how much he actually plays once Saquon is on the field. Saquon is the type of player you don't take off of the field, even coming off of an injury. So while he, you know, the numbers look pretty good for Booker, that's about as far as I'm willing to go with that one. Uh, so I'm not going to get too carried away with him. The Raiders and the Rams. We certainly need to pump the brakes on Xavier Jones. It initially looked like Xavier Jones was really kind of in the driver's seat to be the cuff to Daryl Henderson, and then Jake Funk was playing a whole bunch in early downs. And he didn't look that bad. You know, Jake Funk, remember, not a ton of work at the college level, but a kid who has athleticism out the wazoo. So this one has to really, you know, be evaluated. And we do have to pump the brakes on Xavier Jones as a late-round option. I would not be going after him right now. I do think that also, though, (laughs) this means Daryl Henderson has no competition. Absolutely none. And I did move Henderson up in my rankings. He's at 17. By the way, you can get updated rankings. The 4.0, the final edition, in fact, of the game plan, my PDF draft guide over at ftnfantasy.com goes live today. Maybe it's, well, it's probably live by the time you're listening to this. And you can use the promo code RATPACK to get yourself a discount on a subscription over at ftnfantasy.com. Uh, and you will see. Yeah, I have him right there with J.K. Dobbins, who I'll talk about in a minute. I have him right there with uh, with DeAndre Swift as well. He's right in that conversation. 
So I, I'm relatively bullish on him, although I'm not typically drafting running backs in that range of the draft. I'm bullish on him because there really isn't any competition in this backfield. Denver and Seattle, I will tell you this, Jerry Judy continues to move up my board. He is now at 22, I believe. I'm questioning myself. Yeah, 22. I made it a priority to grab him over the weekend. Two catches on on two targets, 40 yards. He looks really good. And, and here's the thing. I am now more bullish on him than Cortland Sutton because Cortland Sutton is still coming back from the injury. Uh, taking, you know, they're taking their time on that one, which is fine. It's fine. I'm not worried necessarily about Sutton for the long term. However, if I look at the two comparatively, and, and Judy did come on down the stretch, I would much rather go after Judy right now in uh, fantasy drafts. Keep an eye on uh, Rashad Penny as a late-round guy, too, by the way, if you're looking to go that route. Colts, Vikings. By the way, Carson Wentz, timetable. He's on track to uh, to get back on the field in short order here. So he could be on the field in week one, and we basically overreacted for no reason for Jonathan Taylor. But of course, we didn't see uh, Carson Wentz in this game, and well, we didn't see Jonathan Taylor either. Uh, it was Marlon Mack and Naeem Hines basically running with the first team, but who cares <laughs> as far as I'm concerned? Who cares? I will say this. Paris Campbell initially, you know, a month ago before these guys started playing preseason games, yeah, he was a late-round target. He is not a late-round target for me anymore. He's not running. I mean, he's basically competing with Zach Pascal, you know, and and because you're gonna see Michael Pittman and T.Y. Hilton out there. So Zach Pascal, this is a guy who historically his team, the coaching staff does like. I, I don't, I don't like this at all for Paris Campbell. So he's basically off of my board. Houston and Dallas. Oh boy. Well, with Houston and Dallas, here's the big takeaway. David Johnson is officially, officially undraftable. Completely undraftable. He is the third down back. By the way, there's no draftable Texans running back because they went with a full-blown committee on early downs with Mark Ingram and Philip Lindsay, and then David Johnson is decidedly the third down back, which means in this roster, I mean, I guess in theory, maybe playing from behind, there might be some value there, but a three-man backfield on a bad team is not the recipe for fantasy success. And David Johnson, this is not changing. He has acknowledged publicly that his role is different in this offense than it was in the past. Well, or well, last year, because he was only here for the one year before this. Regardless, undraftable. On the other side, I already said it once, and I'll say it again, I'm buying in on the C.D. Lamb hype. All right, you got me. I'll bite. Uh, I'm buying in. He's going to be really good this year. <laughs> Titans and Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming up in a second. And, oh, boy, I like me some things going on in Tampa. But I got to talk about that after we take a very quick break. So I like me some Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, for obvious reasons. Oh, oh, hot take. He likes the Super Bowl champs. But, you know, I think Brady can have an even better year this year than he did last year. I think Mike Evans is going to be a big part of it. I think Chris Godwin is going to be a big part of it. The tight ends, to a lesser extent, Antonio Brown. I'm not as bullish on him as others, but I get why people are bullish on him, so I'm not knocking it. I just have a few guys who are slightly higher on my board than him, but it's all good. Here's the thing, though. Bruce Arians will say things, and sometimes he will say things that I wouldn't say they're not true, but I wouldn't say they are true. (laughs) If you pick up what I'm putting down, he'll say things like, we love this guy, 
And he will legitimately mean that he does, but he doesn't mean that, or well, I don't know. It doesn't mean we should love that guy. Let's put it that way. Does that make sense? Giovanni Bernard is what I'm trying to say. Okay. Of course he loves Giovanni Bernard. Giovanni Bernard, I still say this. He is one of the best, if not the best, pass blocking running back of his generation. He's awesome. But he's not a three down back. He's never been a three down back. And that's not going to change at almost 30 years old, even though he goes to a new team. I don't see that changing. And on top of that, he played in this game, whereas we did not see, you know, some of the key starters. We didn't see Leonard Fournette or Ronald Jones. So that tells me he's still decidedly behind those guys. Yes, he's going to play in passing down situations. But this is not a year where you take a flyer on Giovanni Bernard. If you're going to do that, let, let me ask you this, okay? When was the last time you took a flyer on a 29, 30-year-old running back at the very end of your draft and that guy, like, hit big? Silence is golden right there. When has that happened? When has it happened? So, I still think Fournette is the guy. I know people disagree with me there. I have my reasons. I've discussed those reasons. And by the way, the guy in the ninth round. I'm not talking about like, you know, oh, move him up your boards. No, I'm gonna. I'll if he's there in the ninth round, I'll take him. If I need a running back, if not, whatever. But not Giovanni Bernard. Um, good story though. Good story. Detroit and Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, there's a lot in this game that is interesting. But I, I will say, Najee Harris. He's gonna touch the ball. A buttload, that's a technical term, a buttload, and I'm, I'm all in on that. I am also all out on drafting basically any Lions receiver unless it's it's got to be super late, and really it kind of looks like Tyrell Williams, I guess, is, is the guy, but I don't know. Do we really want any of them? It's all the more reason to, to target TJ Hawkinson. That's really what it is. Atlanta and Miami. Well, I still think that if you uh, really kind of didn't catch on to the fact that we should be avoiding Miles Gaskin last week, you really need to be catching on this week. Yes, he played the most snaps, but it's still a full-blown committee in this backfield. That's not going to change. They're going to use Malcolm Brown. They're going to use Savan Ahmed. Miles Gaskin, so I moved him down to 31 and, you know, it's basically, it's an eight-spot eight, eight spot drop. It is not a dramatic, like, I didn't move him down to 80. But it's enough where it's a statement. He was on the fringe of RB2 territory before as a top 24 guy, but barely. And already with some risk. Now he is a back-end RB3. He's still the top back for fantasy purposes in that backfield. But it's even more, I don't want to draft him than it was before. And I know that, Fantasy football is a game that people, is a what have you done for me lately, recency bias game, where people are always going to think about what happened before and not really looking towards what's happening now or what's going to happen in the future. And people are going to look back to last year, which, mind you, he was still banged up. I mean, he was on COVID for a minute, too, but he was banged up for a portion of the year because he's an undersized back. And they're going to say, but Jeff, he was a three-down guy. And yes, he was a three-down guy because the experiment didn't work out. The Jordan Howard experiment, which is that that's also the name of his band. The Jordan Howard experiment did not work out last year for Miami. And so they were kind of forced into using what they could, which meant Miles Gaskin and Savan Ahmed. They had Malcolm Brown, which is a little bit different. 
It's not the Malcolm Brown experiment. It's the Malcolm Brown experience, baby. <laughs> so they're going to use him. They're going to use Gaskin. They're going to use Ahmed. And for me, that reeks of Belichickery. We know that, uh, hey, Brian Flores comes from New England. He's seen it firsthand how to use a full-blown committee in the backfield, and I think that's what they're going to do. Uh, the NFL has a way of telling us things without telling us those things. Games, uh, depth charts, usage will point us in a direction, and sometimes fantasy players will put their fingers in their ears and go, la, 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 like Jim Carrey and Dumb and Dumber, and just not want to acknowledge the obvious information right in front of them. Case in point, the Baltimore Ravens and J.K. Dobbins. Jeff, you're, I know you're down on J.K. Dobbins. No, I'm not. I freaking love him. Almost dropped an F-bomb there. That's how much I love him. I freaking love him. I do. But I'm also real about the situation. I love him, man. I wish he was on a team that would use him three down. I wish he was on the Steelers or something. I know that like Ravens fans aren't going to like that. But here's the thing. They're not going to use him that way. A, you have a, you have a quarterback who's going to run the ball 150 times. B, Gus Edwards is actually pretty good, and they're going to use him, and he showed it in this game. J.K. Dobbins in the third or fourth round, Gus Edwards in the 10th or 11th round. I'm taking Gus Edwards in, in a lot of drafts. I, haven't, I don't know if I have any shares of J.K. Dobbins. He's being overdrafted. So the, it, the Ravens are trying to tell us that without directly telling us that, and we just need to listen. But I tell you what, the Ravens have now won 19 preseason games in a row. That's sneaky, like, who cares, but also sneaky, very good. Uh, the Jets and the Packers, oh, man, Corey Davis and Zach Wilson. That's what I got to say. Zach Wilson apparently has not played that great in practice. I haven't seen a Jets practice, but, man, in both games, he's looked really good. Really good, man. Zach Wilson has a thing for Corey Davis as well. I've moved Corey Davis all the way up to wide receiver. It's a 36 or 37. Either way, back end wide receiver three. Because sometimes, yeah, but why why I say that I don't have the rankings right in front of me right in this that at this moment. And you know what? It doesn't really matter if it's 36 or 37. Sometimes I'll be like, yeah, I've been with wide receiver 37. And then somebody will be like, Jeff, on the website, you haven't wide receiver 36. What gives? Why is this different than what you said on the podcast? Splitting hairs, man. <laughs> Splitting hairs. Focus on the forest, not the trees sometimes. But anyway, um, he's a back-end wide receiver three. I've moved him up significantly. He is a guy who we should be targeting. Don't get too crazy. Don't get too crazy. But back-end wide receiver three, definitely. Uh, Buffalo and Chicago. Andy Dalton's still going to be the starter in week one. I don't care what anybody says. Andy Dalton's going to be the starter. And, you know, Fields looked, well, was a little bit more up and down. Still phenomenal as a runner. A little bit more up and down, but, you know, Matt Nagy has held this line. So don't expect Fields to be out there in week one. Cincinnati and the football team, yes, a lot is being made of Jamar Chase's drops. I do think he'll ultimately straighten this out. I have moved T. Higgins back ahead of him in my rankings. They're both wide receiver threes, front end wide receiver threes. Uh, it will get straightened out. Give it some time. Patience, young Padawan. And honestly, in the meantime, take the discount on Jamar Chase. If he falls a little bit, take the discount on him. That's what I'm doing. Kansas City and the Cardinals. Uh, all right, I'll bite. I, I'm in on McCole Hardman. I really wanted to see it before I believed it. I told everybody what my issue was with him was that uh, last year they didn't use him as a true three-down wide receiver when they had the opportunity to. They used Pringle ahead of him. 
They use Robinson ahead of him. Well, in this game, he was ahead of Pringle. He had eight targets in this game, and I'll tell you what, two end zone targets on back-to-back plays. Now, he didn't convert either for a touchdown, but honestly, I don't care about that part because if there was zero, he would add zero chances, right? I just want chances for touchdowns more than I want the touchdowns themselves because eventually those will convert. So... McCole Hardman now is a definitive target because it's so hard to get a piece of this passing game, right? You have to draft Kelsey basically in the first round, Tyreek either in the first or second round, and if you want Mahomes, which I really would advise against, you have to draft him second, third, fourth overall in a two-quarterback league, and you have to draft him in the second round of a one-quarterback league. Neither one of them makes much sense. So get a piece of the passing offense with McCole Hardman. Finally, uh, the Eagles and the Patriots – Probably the biggest takeaway, I mean, Devontae Smith looked just fine, uh, first and foremost, but Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers is going to see a lot of targets. It does look like Cam Newton's going to win this job, and he's going to see a lot of targets with Cam under center. Cam looks a lot more competent this year than he did last year. He's just so much more confident in the offense. And just a friendly reminder to people that last year, and this one is is really this is an amazing thing to me. I, I am I'm very amazed by this. So if you look at last year, and and I think this is a nice little exercise we can have here uh, to round out the podcast. Just as you're listening, all right, as you're listening to this podcast, you can say it out loud. Where did Cam Newton finish among quarterbacks in fantasy scoring last year? And mind you, Cam Newton had eight. You can count them on two hands. You don't even need the fingers. You don't need the toes to count it off. Just the fingers. Don't even need the thumbs. (laughs) He's got eight passing touchdowns last year. Where did Cam Newton finish among quarterbacks in fantasy scoring last year? 17th with eight freaking touchdowns. 17th. Now, is that great? No. Is that bad? Also, no. I think he'll take a little bit of a step forward this year, but just a friendly reminder, Cam is always a fantasy factor, even if you hate him. I took him for free in my home league draft this weekend because I knew I could. But, uh, yeah, he's always always a fantasy factor, and he loves himself some Jacoby Myers, so I prioritized his rear end in drafts this weekend too. Uh, So there you go, some takeaways, key takeaway from every game. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a takeaway from tonight's game tomorrow on the podcast, and we'll also have uh, some players who I am looking to avoid in fantasy drafts. I may have talked about a couple of them on the show today, but we will talk more about that tomorrow. FCNFantasy.com. Use the promo code RATPACK for a discount, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter. And then on Instagram, yes, I have opened up those DMs, and sheesh, there's a lot of people taking me up on this one. I'm doing my best to respond to everybody, okay? At one point over the weekend, I had like 150 DMs. I didn't even know that many people followed me. Like, really. I thought it was all bots. So I appreciate you guys, and I did get to everybody over the weekend. I'll continue to do so. On Instagram, the DMs are open. They are not open on Twitter, okay? They are not. Anyway, I will catch you on the flip side for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out.